Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, BCA's Katie Boyd-Britt is our special guest. Also, the V-Team takes a look at the U.S. Senate money rates. And Governor Kay Ivey rocks the state of the state. Cause I'm glad that you're the one who got away. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. Alabama, USA. Rainbows and unicorns? Ah. All this and much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Warby, constable at law and a Republican stalwart, Susan Britt, a research guru and also associate editor at APR, Jack Campbell, radio host and conservative Commentator. Wouldn't you call yourself a commentator? I think so. Yes. Yeah. You've been called other kinds of taters. I've been called a lot worse than that. A lot that. of other different kinds of taters, but that's one of them. Y'all do a great job on your radio show. I really, Thank you. I really enjoy Thank the you. show. Uh, Susan, this week we, we listened to Governor Ivey's State of the State. We were there in the old house chamber. She was strong. She was on message. And I got to tell you, if there is a leader in Alabama, it is Governor Kay Ivey. She is leading the way, and she knows her agenda, and she's wanting it, and she's going to get it. She's going to get it. She basically just laid out for the legislature what they're going to need to do. And she did it, you know, while being very uh, diplomatic about it. She was very strong in saying, yeah. you know, we've been messing around. We've been putting duct tape on this state for too many years. There's no reason we should be 47, 48, 52 in these categories like education and stuff. And when, finally, after several decades, she's going to get it done. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jonathan, she is refusing to back down from the tough fights, prisons, education reform. Uh, the gas tax last year, she's taken on the big issues that have been avoided for a long time. She really is, uh, you know, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying anything about her age, but she is at the point, you know, you always do what grandmom says, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm just saying that, you know, she's got a way about her where she says this is the way it's going to be done. She takes a leadership role, whether you agree with it or don't. I, I don't agree with everything. But she takes a leadership stance in order to move it forward and get it done. You know, and, and she tries to, I think, get a compromise going. That's what she would yeah. like to have yeah. happen. Mm -hmm. You know, well, she, she started out by saying, let's get this done in a bipartisan way. And yeah. when she talked about prisons, mm -hmm. she said, you know, we're going to have to have a bipartisan solution on this. And, and that's what she did. Uh, Jack, something I really didn't expect at all uh, is that she came out and said that 
gaming is now her issue, basically. She said, I, I'm letting the legislature know that I'm, I'm signing an executive order to put together a gaming study group. It'll be some of the most distinguished Alabamians. And when we have it ready, we'll come back to you. And she asked them to stand down. Bold move, right? I think so. I, I think one thing you can say about Kay Ivey that you might not could have said about Bentley is that she is very decisive. Yeah. And people like that. And Bentley would, would be wishy-washy about things, and he would change his mind, depending on who got in his ear. But uh, Kay's, Kay's a different bird. Yeah. Yeah. They used to say about Bentley, he would tell you yes and change his name, change his mind before you actually got out of the door of his office. Yeah. Well, I she think, doesn't do that. I mean, the Porch Creek have spent, and Jonathan, the ads are everywhere, right? Everywhere. They've spent, they have <laughs> spent at least several million dollars. Oh, right? they, yeah, they have definitely have uh, on television, on digital. Every time you scroll through your social media, visit a conservative website, uh, they're saying, we're going to give the state a billion dollars. We're going to give a billion dollars. We're going to give a billion dollars. And they're driving that home in people's heads. And people are looking at that going, wow, a billion dollars. What does that look like? And as you've pointed out before, it's really not a billion dollars. And they're doing no. flyers, too. And, yeah, I mean, it's been all over the place. But Susan, they had to be very disappointed when Governor Kayavi said, we're going to take this into a study mm -hmm. group, and then basically she said, I'm gonna come back to the legislature and explain it to them. She took ownership of this issue. She, she did not even mention the billion dollars. She did not mention PCI in any way or any part of this plan. Well, she didn't she mention took, PCI. I mean, she mentioned PCI, but I mean, the offer that they're doing uh, kind right, of right, vaguely. Right. But she said, no, 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 we're gonna put the brakes on this. We're gonna get this commission together, I mean, this uh, study group together. We're going to hear from them probably by the end of this year. Yeah. So she's just putting the brakes on everything. Yeah. Now, Jack, uh, Steve Klaus, uh, budget chair in the House, has said he's moving forward with his lottery bill. Uh, didn't care what the governor said. Is that wise? I don't know. I, I'm not sure I'd run afoul of her right now because she is very strong. Um, and But uh, I think this establishment of a task force on gaming, to me, kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody was expecting right, it. Right. And maybe she should have gone to Klaus and said, hey, we're going to come up with a solution. I'm going to appoint this task force. And I, I kind of don't blame him for going ahead with it, but he does so at his own peril. Yeah, I would think so. Because <laughs> she knows how to pull the levers of power. Mm -hmm. She does. Well, she pulls well, Let's face it. When Bob Riley was governor and you had Milton... Uh, Pushing, pushing the gaming bills in Alabama. Yeah, it bogged down every session. Yeah, mm -hmm. they wouldn't get anything done because. And I think people are tired of that. They're yeah. tired of having to face it every session. Yeah. and yeah. I take my hat off to her for bringing up the her solution. It's listen. The last time any legislation passed to get a lottery on the ballot was in. 1999. Right. And that failed, mm -hmm. but at least Siegelman took it forward. If Governor, we've seen the polls. If they put this out there, it will pass. Yes, it will. And Governor Kay Ivey will be remembered for education. And think about what could be better for her reputation, which is already solid, than to do something that guarantees a scholarship for all Alabama children. We may have to get to that later. Yeah, because, you know, she's a former educator. Yeah, she's a former educator. And this would look good on her resume, right, Jack? Yes, except for the appointed school board. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right, you're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Coming up next, a special guest, 
Katie Boyd Britt from the BCA. I'm Charles Barkley. As an impact player on the court in college and the NBA, it was very important for me to make a difference in the game. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and in our nation. That's why I'm registered to vote. I want to encourage you to be registered to vote and make sure you bring your voter ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill. Because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. to the V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Katie Britt, President and CEO of the Business Council of Alabama. Welcome, Katie. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. I appreciate it. Do you know I have a nickname for you? Oh, give it to me. I want to hear. The Notorious KBB. <laughs> I like it. The Notorious I like it. Katie Boyd Britt, because you, I like it. you are a dynamo. I know a lot of the women that work for me, you are a shining example oh, goodness. to them. They think you are the type of leadership that Alabama so has so desperately needed. And you are a role model to young women in our state. And I want to thank you personally for being the notorious KBB. Well, I appreciate that more than you know. I yeah. mean, that's truly yeah. an honor. And I will tell you, as I meet these young women across the state, whether it be here with you or um, out speaking or out working, different, different meetings and, and things like that. I am inspired by the leadership that they have and their vision for the state and their grit and determination and willingness to move us forward. So well, it's I, mutual. I have a, uh, you know, we all have nicknames. And I, I think that was- <laughs> I had not heard that. I like yeah, it. Well, anyway. I like it. Governor Kay Ivey delivered her 2020 State of the State. And as I think we wrote, she rocked it. <laughs> she did. And speaking of grit and determination and true leadership, I mean, it exuded from her in every single point that she made throughout that speech. Um, weren't you encouraged? When she said real leaders don't shrink, you know, in the face of adversity, but you know, yeah. they stand, um, I thought, absolutely. And we need more of that if we're going to move our state forward. And I agree. We, we were speaking with the governor the other day, and I said, Governor Ivy, I don't mean to shine your apple because you know I've taken a few bites out of it. But really, she is so head and shoulders above the leaders. She's taking on 
the hard task yes. that her predecessors only nibbled around the edges. And it, whether it's prison reform or rural broadband or workforce development. Mm -hmm. And I know you're involved in a lot of these things and you see the importance of, I mean, you represent the business community of Alabama. Yes. The economic engine that drives us forward. <laughs> and so what particularly out of the State of Union caught your ear? I would say several things. Um, first, I mean, as we just referenced, her willingness to tackle these tough things. I have said time and time again, unless we have leaders that get in a room and, and talk things out and are willing to make tough decisions, we're going to consistently be 48, 49, 50, 51, and 52. Um, and so I, I was very encouraged to see her. There's not there's nothing that she missed in, in all of that. I would say in particular, workforce development obviously is something that continues to speak to the business community. So as the Workforce Council has laid out and the governor has said, you know, we have a very ambitious goal of having 500,000 new highly skilled workers by 2025. You know, we have heard things from anything from being 120,000 workers short to recently the Business Education Alliance has said potentially even 200,000 right, right. workers short. So to, to listen to her um, place emphasis on that is something that speaks directly to the business community. Bill, I think for a long time people looked at workforce development and said, that means let's talk to our 11th and 12th graders about what they want right. to do or where they right. want to go to college. And to see a more comprehensive approach, particularly coming from, from the very top of our state, is very encouraging. I would say that, that approach that talks about pre-K and talks about the importance of making sure that our youngest Alabamians have the opportunity to thrive. And then all the way through, you know, career coaching and talking about how we get eighth graders engaged and the many opportunities that can create success. I think a long time ago, we, we kind of thought, or even more recently, that the only path to success was a four-year degree. Right, and right, I think we right. know that that is absolutely not true. Right. And you saw that in the things that she was talking about. Um, I was encouraged by her talking about the incarcerated population and making sure that we are equipping them with the tools to come back out and be successful citizens. Yeah. And I think that's important and, and, and that you bring that up. It reminds me of the fact that when we put people in prison, mm -hmm. we, are at, we are demanding that they stay away from society for a period of time. Right. But at the end of that time, they're going to come back into society. Right. And if they do not have jobs and they don't have places to live and they don't have uh, the, the tools mm -hmm. to survive out here with us, mm -hmm. they're going back to prison. That's right. And so she had a, a lady there who had gone to Ingram State who had uh, gotten a certificate, yes. who got a yes. job and got other people jobs. Mm -hmm. These are the kind of success stories we need to build on. I, I used to have a friend who, who had a company that almost solely employed ex-inmates, ex-incarcerated people. And he started them out at $15 an hour, best job they'd ever had, and almost all of them were success. That's right. Give them a chance for success. Yeah. I will tell you, um, we at the Business Council had the opportunity to tour Ingram State Technical College, and the work that they are doing there um, with the inmate population, particularly as they're being getting ready to be released, is incredible. And obviously, I think they said in 2019, they had 309 inmates that were released that had gone through the program. And I believe they placed 278 of them wow. in jobs. And, wow. and you know, that's if we're going to meet the workforce needs of our state, and we're also going to do a better job of making sure we're creating good communities. I mean, this is a central piece of that. It is. And Excited to see that. And one of the other things things I think she hit on during the state of the state that was the mental health yes. crisis we have mm -hmm. and the mental health opportunities we have. Right. One of the things that gets underserved in job 
recruitment and job training, are there people with some limited mental uh, incapacitation That's right. that can do certain types mm -hmm. of jobs, mm -hmm. but they also have to have training. But one of the things that we've seen in our whole nation, and, and especially in Alabama, there is a lack of emphasis on taking care of those that have mental health issues that causes them harm mm -hmm. and society harm. That's right. That's right. And I think if you look at what the governor had to say and the leadership of Commissioner Bashir, um, very encouraged that we are tackling that issue. So when we talk to employers across the state, there's you know a variety of reasons whether they're hiring or needing to hire. You know that um, sometimes it's more challenging and sometimes it's making sure that people have the proper skills they need. Right. Sometimes it's making sure that this, this mental health compartment is, um, is working properly right. and people are getting access to, to that type of, um, you know, I guess those types of resources sure. to make sure, you know, they have seen that those things turn into substance abuse or, or may turn in and then which, which then gives you challenges to show up to work on time. Sure. I mean, it's kind of a vicious cycle there. And I, I did hear, you know, um, the commissioner said we were the lowest in the nation when it came to mental health professionals with yes. regards to, yes. to our schools. And so I'm mean, encouraged that we can maybe tackle this early, you know, invest early in, in our youngest citizens yeah. and make sure we have a more productive workforce in the future. Well, one of the things I know you're concerned about and as Governor Kay, I was concerned about, and I am as well, is that we to do we do today the things that will make that's for right. a better tomorrow. That's right. And we have to do that. Well, and Bill, sometimes that's a challenge. So, you know, people want to, we, we live in a society where we want instant gratification. We want to see results today. And I am not negating that we need to see results and do things that can make an instant impact, but we've also got to plant the trees shade we will we will never stand under yeah. that will be for someone else and so I'm encouraged that we're not only fixing problems now but we are laying a foundation for our children and our children's children to have a better Alabama well everybody I talk to says you're doing a great job and I want to thank you for your service oh, thank at you BCA and to our state well I really appreciate it and Come back I soon, appreciate the opportunity absolutely you're watching the V the voice of Alabama politics our special guest today has been Katie Boyd Briggs CEO and President of the Business Council of Alabama. We'll be right back. I'm Deontay Wilder. As the heavyweight champion of the world, it is very important to make sure that every punch I throw is thrown with purpose in order to make a difference in my fight. I feel the same way about decisions made in my home state of Alabama and our nation. That is why I'm registered to vote. I encourage you to register to vote and remember on election day to bring a valid photo ID to the polls. Let's make a difference. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seat belts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. The Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy. 
create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state, from convenient energy production to alternative fuels to solar power and beyond. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Jack, you, you wanted to talk about Amendment 1, and that's Governor Ivey's plan to do away with the elected school board. She wants an appointed board. This is a bill, a constitutional amendment that passed, uh, you know, the bill. The bill passed. It's got to go before the voters, and I hope the voters will vote it down, because so, I think it's a bad idea. You don't like the idea? I don't like taking a power from the people on a vote. I don't trust politicians to make appointments that are just going to govern education for years to come. What Texas did in um, back in the, like 83, they passed House Bill 72, a big deal. They eliminated the elected school board. They had an appointed school board that served for one term, and then they had to run for election. That would be a little more palatable to me, but I just don't like the idea of taking away the people's right to vote on this. It's too important. And you can argue, well, they suck, you know, they, you know we, we've been in the mud for years. I mean, that's a good argument, but I just don't think appointing them by politicians is the answer. Well, and Governor Ivey's point is that you, she thinks you can get done more if you take the politics out of it. They're not running for re-election, that we've had five superintendents in five years, mm -hmm. and that this is a, a, a symptom of the dysfunctional uh, dysfunctional school board. So. Well, if, I'm, if, I may, oh, go go ahead. if I may say something, you know, my mom was an educator, uh, my wife was an educator. If they would pay these school board members a little bit more than what they pay them, uh, actually a lot more, because they don't get paid that much, they could have some teachers who don't mind taking retirement, who have been in the system They'll retire from their job, and then they can they can run for the school board. But it's just not you know making a thousand dollars, you know whatever it is a month, trying to be on the state school board. You know it's just not well, feasible. Well, we'll see what comes of it. Uh, I want to move on. Uh, state Senator Jim McClendon Susan this week introduced legislation mm -hmm. that, if passed, would curtail any gambling interest or person involved in gambling interest from campaign contributions to the legislature, mm -hmm. the lieutenant governor, and the governor. It would not restrict uh, what you give the judges or other state officials, but those you could not give to if you operate on or affiliated with a gaming entity. Absolutely. Um, we had some instances of, over the last uh, in the last campaign where the Porch Creek were giving like $65,000 to this one and $50,000 to that one. In fact, with this billion-dollar plan, there's a rumor. Now, albeit it's a rumor, but they have the capability of doing this. That what the rumor is is that they're going to give a hundred thousand dollars to every legislator that votes for their monopoly. I'm a, I'm a House member, and every hundred fifty to every senator that votes for their monopoly. Now, I'll be that a rumor. I don't know that it's true, but if you think about the fact that if you're talking about they're talking about a monopoly here, what if? Next time they're talking about our roads and bridges or whatever that, that, that has to do with our life as Alabamians.
that they would have that much money or that ability to make <coughs> influence over the legislature. Well, I like the idea of taking money out of the game gamers, you know, you know, ability to to influence elections. I like that idea. We have a precedent here in Alabama because it says that the a utility cannot give to the public service commission, right, right Jack? Right. So we already do that in one sector. I think right. gambling gambling is so susceptible to corruption, and our lawmakers are so susceptible to corruption. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, I mean, why want to take the money out of it? And don't think they wouldn't all grab that hundred thousand. Oh, they would. Or that hundred fifty thousand, if it were offered to them. I mean, I guess it's it's not a quid pro quo as such because you're rewarding them after the fact. Yeah. But it really is. It a is. Quid pro it really well, is. you know, one of the things I that and I was I haven't looked at this recently, but when uh, Dr. Larry Stutz, a.k.a. Dr. Death, mm -hmm. was running against uh, Johnny McMorrow, mm -hmm. uh, he needed some money for that election because Johnny was doing well. And so the Senate leadership called up the Porch Creek and said, hey, we need for you to give the doc up here 50 grand. And they just stroked the check for 50 grand, Jonathan. I mean, that's, a, that's like having your own... Uh, slot machine. Yeah, really. It Own is. it. Maybe. Well, let me tell you, they and they they have a lot of money, and they make a, a billion, couple billion, or, or you know, a year. They make a lot of money. Yeah, hundreds of millions of yeah. dollars a year. So they've got it easy to stroke a check to a politician. Yeah. Well, I want to get to one issue that's off of gaming here, real quick, and that is Doug Jones has uh, he's out raising his Republican opponents. But I got a text right after he voted on the, uh, the, to impeach President Trump, said that Doug Jones's chances of winning an election in Alabama went from slim to none. Jonathan, I don't, I don't think he could, he could have voted for or against the impeachment. I don't think it made any difference to Republicans here. It really didn't make a difference, no matter what he have done. I mean, Republicans don't want him here. He was just... In, in, in their eyes, just a, a one-and-done one senator yeah. filling a gap because they didn't like the other person. I don't see it happening. Either way, he could have he even abstained. It wouldn't have yeah. helped him. Uh, I don't think it made any difference, Jack. And, and, and right now— No, but it did. It solidified his base in the Democrat Party. That's right. Which is important yeah. just in case there's a snafu with the Republican nominee yeah. like there was last year. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. he's shoring up his base— um, I was not for it, but I understand why he did it. Well, and you're right, because he couldn't get the donors. I mean, he would cut his nose off to spite his face, right, Susan? Absolutely, uh, because if, he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. I mean, Terry Lathan and, uh, and uh, Jeff Sessions and all of them came out and said how awful he was. And he shouldn't have voted that way. Wow. Well, Terry Latham certainly isn't capable of giving him any money because the party you, can't raise. Do you think <laughs> Terry Latham would actually praise him? Yeah, no. We, well, no. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.